In today's episode, I have the joy of introducing uh, the co-founder and partner of Beauty and the Faith, Brad Johnson from the US. We'll be speaking about uh, the uh, good stuff as we usually do here about beauty and faith. And we're also going to be mentioning some specific initiatives that has a deadline. We will be talking about uh, uh, Together for Beauty, um, uh, the new summit, uh, which is uh, a beauty composers summit, uh, which will be on the November uh, 16th to the 18th. Uh, so that's togetherforbeauty.com to learn more about that. We'll also be talking about that we are now putting the vision into action and having a crowdfunding campaign to build the first art center uh, that will first be in Spain, but then we'll have several across Europe and uh, US. And I will also have an online platform as well to support uh, classical artists uh, and uh, um, learn more about this at the end of the episode but just looking forward to uh, introduce uh, brad to you he has a brilliant mind and has a lot of great things to talk about uh, on this topic so let's dive in the world in the west has become increasingly ugly people are increasingly depressed and big movements all over the world are now telling modernism enough is enough Join us on this podcast as we unite these voices and together recover the beauty of art, music, and architecture to uncover its significance for environmental stewardship, mental health, moral goodness, objective truth, and a vital spiritual life. My name is Magnus Gautestad, and this is Beauty and the Faith. Greetings, we are back. And I'm grateful to be fighting for beauty and the faith. And I'm together with a very special guest here today because it is my partner in the beauty and the faith organization. How are you doing, Brad? I'm doing great, Magnus. It's great to see you again today as well. It's a beautiful fall day here in Tennessee. Well, it's great to appreciate uh, this time of the year. I, I do believe that uh, all the colors of the fall is something uh, that we should looking forward to. It's really amazing uh, and another wake up call for us in the presence of the Lord. Uh, so let us just start off with a little introduction here, as we usually do here on the show. So Brad mm -hmm. Johnson uh, is a, a two times bestselling author and writer with a dozen books published and hundreds of articles written online. His Quora content has, gar has garnered over 1 million views, and his Lifehack self-development articles have been shared over 53,000 times. He's also a musician, playing in two bands uh, currently, and Brad's most recent endeavor is a co-founder of Beauty and the Faith. And uh, we met each other on uh, during a faith-driven entrepreneur initiative so uh getting to know brad number one he has a killer mindset he's like his mind is just yeah it's a great inspiration and then uh, also he has a lot of the entrepreneurial um in many ways co we complement each other in in really great ways so i'm i'm so glad that uh, uh we have met each other and uh for what we, we're going to do um so brad let's go through some questions here and tune in on on beauty and and faith and and truth. Uh, so I want to start off here. What will more beauty lead to? What, what is your view? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think beauty is something, and you've you've helped me like shape and frame my thinking on this as as co-founders. But I think something 
that I think of when I hear that question is beauty is kind of this in some ways like forgotten relic, right? There's, we live in such a modern world where we're in front of screens all day, you know, as we are now, and we're just constantly looking at our phones and TVs and um, just different things on the news and, and whatnot. I think what, what will more beauty lead to? I think it will lead to a regeneration of being in nature. First of all, that's, that's the first thing I think of. I think nature is inherently beautiful, right? Nature is also chaotic, but it's balanced with order. And I think there's a, there's a very unique type of beauty that God has created in nature. You know, trees, trees grow up and they die and they fall down and more trees are planted and, and they grow and everything like that. And there's, there's animals that are predators and there's animals that are prey, but it's all, it's all a part of God's beauty and his inherent, uh, just balance in everything that he created. So I, I think, a a return to nature will be both uh, the source and the result of of seeing more beauty in our world. I think more beauty in the world will also lead to a deeper sense of community. I think especially, I mean, the world is very busy, right? But America is kind of known as this workaholic nation many times, and it's difficult to have busyness and, and beauty really, really well. I think productivity is one thing, but busyness is another. And I think by intentionally, in order to appreciate beauty, you have to sit down and, and absorb it and experience it. And you, you can't, you can't experience something beautiful when you're busy, right? You have to create space for it. And I think there's an interesting parallel there between mentally and emotionally creating a space that you can physically appreciate beauty within. And so yeah, I think those are those are two things that come to mind for me. Well, very essential, right? That that's one of the m most important uh, values, universal values, right? That we see across the board, no matter who you are, community and nature being such important and central things we can all agree upon. And then more beauty will actually lead to more of those essential values. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, I wanted to, to yeah. follow up now with more specifically into the spiritual. So is there a connection between beauty and faith or, or spirituality? What do you think, Brad? Yeah, absolutely. I think there there definitely is. There's there's a lot to be said for seeing the connection between the physical beauty that's around us in in cultures, in people, in nature, in physical creations of art and and i think how heaven is often described too you know heaven is in the bible heaven's described as just this constant exuberant colorful detailed place right and so there's there's intentionality there there's design there's there's purpose there's belonging um and i think all of those things are overlapping between faith you know are, are the spiritual components of our lives and just the physical human earthly aspects of beauty as well i think when you are when you're experiencing anything that's beautiful there's a place of like as you've said too this belongs here there's a level of fittingness to something that's beautiful if if something is if there's the right color in the right painting in the right place it 
it just speaks to your soul. It's like this, this is right. This is good, you know? And so I think that's what attracts a lot of people to beauty is there's, there's something that your soul is crying out for that you're, you're trying to find in the real world. Right. And so I think, yeah, again, there's a parallel between crying out for something that that fits that picture of beauty, whether it's just something you're looking for for personal entertainment or it's something deeper, like I'm trying to find a sense of purpose in my life or I'm trying to fulfill what I believe I've been given to do. And and then the parallel the parallel on the spiritual side is like we can experience God in the here and now and He's He's present in the world, but we're also being sanctified, right? As as Christ followers, we're being we're being lifted up through the Holy Spirit to eventually be in that place of belonging that we've been called to. So hopefully that makes sense. But I, I think there's kind of a, I think God has implanted a natural sense of like, there's there's the here and there's the there, there's the now and the not yet. And there's there's an interesting dynamic of kind of how beauty can be experienced in both the now and the not yet. Hmm. Hmm. I'm I'm getting to hear it's a type of a a piece of heaven. Uh, you get a, a glimpse, or you there is something with beauty that that points you to our deepest longings. And um, yeah, it's, it's hard to put in words sometimes. And mm-hmm. that that beauty creates this experience, right? Um, where this becomes more real when you, when you have that transcending experience of the beautiful uh, and it connects the material and the spiritual in in such a way uh, and it's very interesting that that the bible starts and ends in a very very beautiful place uh, so um yeah, you gave me some good things to think about there brother so uh i want to ask you a bit more specific things now because you're a musician and uh like i went from rock bands to more of the classical route, even though I compose cla- crossover music. But you have gone a bit the other way, you told me, uh, yeah. to know each other, right? You, you know, you growing up more in Christian circles, but you like to just go and just, you know, listen to heavy metal, things like that, you know, really heavy right. stuff. Um, and you've been a musician for most of your life. You're a drummer. Um, but how have music and beauty consigned in your life professionally and and personally can you can you talk a bit more like how you view that as uh as a musician and and the different paths that you're taking there yeah absolutely so yeah i mean music has always been a big part of my life as you touched on here and yeah i mean just from a very young age i was my my dad said that as early as a year and a half old i was going around with like a broomstick and basically using it as kind of like a like a you know band march like you know the i forget the term of whoever is like leading you know this this um group of musicians in a in a marching band um but essentially that's the idea mm. i've always i'm a drummer so always been very percussive i guess my yeah my parents gifted me some percussive items and eventually a drum set at a pretty young age. I think some around seven or eight, I think is when I started like really kind of taking lessons and pursuing it from an educational path as well. But I was also very self-taught and that's kind of been a bigger part of my artistic and musical journey as well as just wanting to 
do my own thing and just be a independent creator. Right. So, but yeah, I think getting more into like my teen years and what's brought me to where I am in adulthood. Yeah. I, I very much, I grew up in a Christian home. That's still a foundational, that, that is the foundation of my life. That's still a very important part of my upbringing and who I am today. But I just found an interest in heavy music from a young age. I think I started playing uh, drums and bands around age 16, just high school friends getting together, you know, making some songs, playing some shows. It's it's hard to believe that that was, you know, half half my life ago already, but um, but it's it's great. And I, I think how that's kind of woven itself into other aspects of my life personally and professionally is I have found that the metal and hardcore community is one of the most tight-knit communities I've ever experienced and been a part of. I think there's just there's dozens of bands that practice and uh, preach and practice that sense of community and brotherhood and the sticking with one another, picking one another one another up, like both literally and figuratively when you've fallen on hard times. And yeah, I've just I've gotten the chance to to play in so many bands. Um, my friends in two minute minor have, have been, I think some of the best examples of that kind of hardcore community spirit. Um, so shout out to them. If any of you guys are watching this show, um, and really just the, the hardcore community worldwide, right? It's, it's one of my favorite communities. I, I really, I really believe that, you know, to the core of my being and it's because it's, it's, it's a genuine community. And I, I think that's what makes being, a Christian heavy musician challenging, but also so fulfilling is there's so much community in the heavy music scene that we don't often see in uh, American Christianity. If I'm being honest, there's, I've had, I've had many experiences um, in uh, Christian life though, that have been great where community is like, again, picking one another up, looking after each other, challenging one another. But I, I think those two communities can learn a lot from one another. And that's something that I kind of feel that's it's it definitely can make one feel like the black sheep at times because it's like I feel like I'm partly at home in both, but not fully at, at home in in either one, so to speak. And, you know, no, no community is is perfect, of course. But um, I think God God has a passion probably for all music because he's perfect after all. So I'm sure he could get down to some country just as much as he could some uh, some heavy metal. But I, I think God's heart is very close to the metal and hardcore community as well. And I think part of what's made those communities so vibrant and tight knit is because they are looking after one another because the world has often pushed them to the side. And I think that's something that... Um, and I'm I'm sh I'm positive I'm not the only person who's felt this way throughout being a heavy musician, but also a Christ follower. You you can kind of it's kind of like you're not you're not cool enough for either crowd, so to speak. But uh, but that's that's exactly the crowd that Jesus went after most and and loved, uh, you know, very abundantly as well. Hmm. And w would you say that? Um... When it comes to music, aggressive music, for example, uh, like like metal music, Christian metal music, um, would you say that there's a beauty to that, or would you say that there are other attributes of of God that you are reflecting with that? 
how, how would you come around if somebody said that uh, yeah, metal music is not uh, harmonious enough, uh, that it doesn't reflect the character of God because and 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 uh, that is worldly or is primitive? What what would you respond to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the timeless question, right? That many people have, both secular individuals and Christians alike, right? Or or anyone of any faith for that matter. But it's not like it's just secular people and, and Christians. There's all, you know, all uh stripes of spiritual belief. But um yeah, I think the the first thing I would say is and I've I've often had to reflect this back to myself because I can be a pretty passionate person with a lot of things and I've gotten feedback as such from some loved ones at different times in my life, but uh, it's easy to be passionate about metal when you love it. It's kind of easy to forget that other people don't necessarily love what you love, and that's that's fine. So the first thing I would say is music in general is inherently subjective. You There's no moral quality to liking or not liking metal. You're not a bad person if you don't, and you're not a good person if you are. Um, but I think the 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 first thing I would say to a a true uh, a, a true Christ follower who's genuinely curious, I think the first thing I would honestly cite is um, Psalm one fifty, which says, "You know, praise Him with many sounds, praise Him with the loud clanging of many cymbals." Um, that's a very aggressive statement, and that's not that's not a do this if you feel like it. It's that was a, a granted that was written at a different time, but that's also a clear. That's a clear command to praise God with everything you have and with all the joy, strength, mind, all the vigor, right, that you can and that you want. And so to me, that's kind of a um, a, a loose, but I would say probably accurate interpretation of like God enjoys loud sounds. He enjoys loud, aggressive praise, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, David in the Bible himself was famous for... Uh, I don't care if I look undignified, right? I'll I'll be as undignified as I want to be because I'm praising my God and my Lord. So yeah, go ahead and mosh, be crazy, you know, praise God with that heavy metal. So that's 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 kind of the first thing. But yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, beyond that, yeah, like is is metal too, you know, the the tonality of it, is it is it too aggressive? Is it too extreme? Um I mean, again, that's that's just kind of where it's like you know i think a lot of people just don't like the screaming of of metal music and hardcore and that's fine again it's there's nothing wrong with that but um it's just an acquired taste if if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and i think um i think it's helpful for us metalheads to remember that not everybody is going to like this crazy loud aggressive music and that's okay but hopefully other people can other christians can see that um, there are great Christian metal bands like for today and, um, you know, plea for purging and, uh, you just, you know, there's the list, the list could go on. Those are just two that come to mind right now, but, um, yeah, hopefully more Christians see that, Hey, I don't really understand this whole metal thing. And this, this might sound satanic, but it's not, I mean, don't, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, don't, don't criticize something that you don't know anything about. So. Right, thank you for contributing that. And I wanted to also just uh, throw that in there because uh, 
parallel to this podcast, uh, I have also started a podcast called SDG Music Radio. Uh, and on that one, that I know that not all uh, our listeners here are uh, are Christians, uh, but and not all are musicians. But for those who are musicians and Christians or are in leadership roles in the churches and need to make uh, decisions about uh, music, uh, then we will have discussions from all kinds of different uh, uh, walks of the Christian life when it comes to that podcast. We will then see, is it possible to worship in the best of the different worlds uh, and to uh, create a, a unity to um, to worship God more fully uh, by then expressing all his different attributes. Uh, and, uh, and then we can actually be enriched uh, by creating new great uh, music. Uh, so that podcast, SDG Music Radio, you can find it on YouTube and various podcast directories. And uh, you can uh, then uh, share your uh, uh, opinions and views as we are now um, developing what will be the next big contemporary Christian styles uh, around the world and especially in the West. Now, let's continue uh, here, Brad. Um, how do you see the true, the good, and the beautiful? So personally and professionally. So that that's these transcending uh, elements. How, how, do you, how do you see that working in your life? Great question, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's a question I'm always thinking about because I think that's something that's always changing. There's always new opportunities to see the true, the good, and the beautiful. I would say one of um one thing that I think about a lot is is just potential and how how God created every individual with uni- a unique level and type of potential and I think it's really it's really easy to get distracted in today's world and to follow someone else's script and to yeah basically just live a checked out life right i go to work i do my job i eat lunch i come home i go i watch tv for two hours i go to bed this isn't my actual life it's just obviously an example but and then i go to sleep i wake up and i do it all over again you know and i I, it's the whole idea of like living for the weekend and i think that's maybe a somewhat more of an American thing. I'm not fully sure. Um, I'm excited to hopefully visit visit Spain and, and hang out uh, later next year. But um, Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, yeah. But essentially, um, the reason I say that, is, so there's this scripted life, right? You're just kind of, you're going with the motions. You're not really thinking about it or, or what your purpose is. Um, or you kind of know what your purpose might be, but you're afraid to to do it. And I I think something that makes it easy for me to see the true good and beautiful in daily life and just in a professional context is thinking about as a Christian, we're we're always being uh, sanctified. We're as soon as we're justified, we're being sanctified, right? And that sanctification journey is lifelong until we reach heaven, and then we're perfectly glorified. That's the third third step in the process. So, if we think about it that way, I. I find it easier to, it's like, okay, God is sanctifying me. How can I do my part in that? How can I take my responsibility of faith without works is dead and give my best at work, right? I, I'm very blessed to, to work, you know, in, in addition to being the co-founder, I'm, I'm blessed to have worked and, and working for other people who 
really give me that opportunity to shine, right? And to be to be the best that I can be, to take accountability, yes, but to also like let's see what you've got, you know, let's let show us what you're capable of. And so granted you have to you have to choose that. I I firmly believe that God is rarely if ever going to wake you up one bit one one day and be like you have you know half a million in the bank and now you get to do whatever you love and there was no responsibility and no action on your part required right that would that would be that would be very foolish and very breaking away from God's character he's he's always going to give you the responsibility and the duty to fulfill it but um and to reach whatever goal you have but yeah, if, if we think of it as, okay, I get to wake up now and I get to play my part in God's sanctifying journey, like, yes, there's nothing we can do and there's nothing we could ever do to uh, to win God's grace out of our own merit, but we do have to, we are called to be stewards, we are called to be responsible. And so I think by identifying that, which is part of the truth, that gives me, you, anyone, the opportunity to see the beauty of our life's journey, right? And that's different for everybody. I I don't want to imply or think that it's just a matter of waking up and deciding and and just and then everything is great after that, right? And your life is just awesome. That's not how it works. But but you you have choices and and God gives you that freedom to choose. So um yeah. Hmm. So if you're living by the truth, then your life becomes more beautiful. And that's how you you see a connection with that. And also part of living that truth is also to understand your purpose and these, these different, different areas. And uh, we will get back to that. Um, at the end, we'll be talking about how we are helping artists to discover their purpose and to empower them uh, with these transcending values. So if you uh, if you are an artist listening to this, definitely stick to the end. We'll be talking about uh, very soon uh, what we have going on now with the art center that we're building online and offline. Uh, but I, I wanted to also, you know, um, uh, talk about the villain here on the show. The villain sure. uh, is uh, modernism. Um, so. We don't want to be known for what we are against mainly, but we definitely do want to speak out on things that we think are hurting the true, the good, and the beautiful, that is destructive, that is unjust, these, these things. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, number one, how postmodernism now is shaping America, uh, and also music as an art form. There's a lot of you know beautiful music that has been created, but there is also atonality, uh, especially in modern music and in the, especially in the classic music scene. So can you mm-hmm. sh- share a little bit more about modernism as in America, but also tie that toward atonality when it comes to, you know, I guess in, in the West as, as in whole? Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've been thinking about this a lot more recently, especially since we've launched Beauty and the Faith. But there's there's absolutely a, a widespread modernistic movement, and I think it comes in forms that people don't always even expect in America. But one of the biggest movements in America, and, and this has been for decades and will continue to be, is environmentalism and 
I'm all for stewardship. Um, a lot of people know me as Brad the vegan, and that's not really related to this particular question, but it's probably something that will come up more in the future. But um, a lot of a lot of environmentalists are also minimalists, and I, this is not about critiquing environmentalism in its truest form, which is stewardship, right? But um, a lot of environmentalism leads to minimalism and minimalism can be a good thing. I'm also not here to bash that. I think we have too much, we have way too much stuff and clutter. Clutter is not good. Beauty and structure is definitely good. Clutter is not. But um, we, I think we're seeing definitely a, a shift towards a lot of minimalistic design, whether that's in buildings and art museums. You know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of art museums here in America where uh, the the standards for beauty have never been lower. I'll I'll put it that way. And you're absolutely right. We don't want to be the 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 big aim that we have is the true, the good, and the beautiful. But every story has a villain, right? And so I'm glad you brought this up. And um, there's no if there's no standards for beauty, then there's no beauty, right? It, beauty itself becomes debased. It becomes contorted. It becomes um, devoid of any sort of meaning. I think goes back to what we were talking about earlier beauty meaning truth goodness all these things are connected because if something is reduced to nothing then that nothing can't you can't you can't find something from nothing right it's there's there's a lot of kind of deeper philosophical and theological questions here as well but i think so that's kind of my riff on that no pun intended but um i think for the atonality in music um yeah it's that's kind of what's interesting about all this as well is I think dissonance is not always the same as atonality, right? Like trying to intentionally create something that's atonal. It's usually, yeah, I mean, just, just speaking very plainly and matter of factly, it's, it's harsh on the ears, right? We, we like things that are beautiful and, and part of beauty is, I guess, inherently what the human mind uh, thinks of as sound and, and, how sound is beautiful. We like things that 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 fit. There's that harmony. There's that sense of rhythm. You know, things are balanced. There's there's crescendo and there's decrescendo. There's tension, then there's release. And all these all these components are very similar to the idea of symmetry and beauty. So I think music music that's beautiful often has a level of balance and a level of intentional design that just doesn't come from kind of this this harshness and this um just this weirdness in music. So it's not to say that I mean there's there's plenty of modern secular examples of music and artists that are creating things that sound good. So I, I think there's an interesting opposite of that where it's like something might sound good, but it might not actually be good. And um so that's that's an important point as well. Um, and when I say it might not be good, it's it's like the content of the song. It's the purpose. It's the the visuals, the imagery. But um, yeah, the the enemy, the you know, Satan can certainly use music as one of his own weapons as well, because you know he's described as an angel of light. He doesn't appear to be evil um, in his physical form, in in his visual form, but you know he is. And there's also. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of extensions of trying to lure people in with something that does look and sound good, but but is not in fact good. So hopefully that all made sense. I feel like that was a little 
rambly and off the cuff, but yeah. I think I think that's good. Sometimes we get the best uh, ideas when we start to compl- contemplate and let it flow for a while. So uh, I think you have many important points there, and uh, especially about that, uh, the idea of using some chaos, some ugliness, some atonality, some excessive dissonance. That's not really the problem, but it's it's about uh, not being able to resolve it. I recently heard from a composer saying that uh, um, if you have too much atonality, it's like uh, uh, eating chili sauce without uh, the meat and the vegetables. So mm-hmm. y- you'll need something to stabilize it. And if you don't, you are... Um, it's hard to put in words, uh, but it's kind of like giving a bad news about what is, you know, wrong morally, what is ugly, what is false. And then you just kind of stay there. And when we combine this with uh, movies, like in, in the scene, there's a lot of like uh, ugly music in, in, in movies, but then mm-hmm. you get the images in front of you and you connect it to that. Uh, but I heard a composer from Vienna, Alexander Blesinger, he said that if you're listening to too much music without the some sort of visual that gives it purpose and meaning and direction, uh, in many times you will evoke a lot of unconscious um, uh, like wounds and things like that. If the music is too distressing and ugly and all of these things. So, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, some music might give a rush, right? There might be the... You have the aesthetics of pleasure, but you also have the aesthetics of of pain and, and terror, for example, which is uh, a feature in uh, like the brutalist uh, architecture, right? The, the, you still give feelings, but the feeling you get is more of a, a feeling, like a, an aesthetic feeling of, of of pleasure and terror. The same thing we are seeking when we are seeking horror movies. Um, right. But actually going to see horror movies uh, or aggressiveness in movies can actually help us to release those things in, so we don't act them out in uh, in real life. Uh, so I think it's all about uh, uh, how your, in, your in- intentionality about it and how you are leading. Um, so we definitely do not want to have that type of totalitarian ideological uh, ideology of wanting to... Um, kind of force modernism out or something like that with the type of a control. Uh, I think that will be like uh, doing an eye for an eye and uh, it's not uh, the way of love. Um, but we definitely right. do want to uh, use light in those things. So even things that are, uh, you know, that looks very dark in the world, um, I believe that if uh, if God can redeem people, he can also redeem music. He can redeem different art types. He can redeem, he can redeem anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. So there's a great hope there, and I think it's very important that we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater like Christianity has been able to do so many times, because it might lead to sin. For example, that we we stay uh, wise in in these things. Um, But the the idea is then, of course, um, we need to connect with people. We need to uh, meet people where they are, and we need to have ways of expressing the different uh, states of, of of the human experience. But mm-hmm. the, one of the greatest virtues and, and the values that we have is hope, faith, and love. And um, the idea is then, um, if we observe the fruits, 
where is it leading people? And right now we see in the West that there is an increasing tendency both of suicides and depression. Uh, and if we see those fruits, well, then no matter how wonderful stories you have around all of these architectural buildings or atonal music or uh, um, provocative art, we got to ask ourselves, what is the fruit? What is the long-term fruit? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what just a couple of thoughts that I got inspired from this. Uh, we're gonna move, go, gonna move toward some action here now, some actionable steps to a conclusion here. But I want to also just talk to you as an author, right? You are sure. you're an author. Uh, you have written a lot. The way you write is is really amazing. Uh, that's something that really inspires me. And can you just tell me a bit it. more about that, like? What are the books that you're reading, um, and and how how does all of these these things about these values the beliefs you have tie into your writing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for the opportunity to yeah discuss writing as well. It's uh it's I consider music my my first passion, my first interest, and then writing is is definitely number two. So yeah, uh, one book I'm reading right now is called uh, The Wisdom Pyramid, and the author it's it's a relatively new book it was i think it was published within the last 5 6 years maybe even more recent than that but the author basically talks about how we live in a society now that's inundated with information and not just information but like noise in that information right so there there cuz there's useful information and then there's useless information as well so information is kind of a, a neutral term but he he really builds the hierarchy of like there's there's noise, there's information, there's facts, there's knowledge, and then there's wisdom. And so, and the, the author is a Christian author, but he, uh, I think it's Brett McCracken. I'm, I'm hoping that's right. But the Wisdom Pyramid is for sure the, the name of the book, so you can rely on that. But yeah, he really talks about how we have to kind of inverse a lot of the habits that we have, you know, whether... Christ followers, secular, um, what, whatever, you know, there's, yeah. Cause whether, whether you're an atheist, Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, secular, Jew, whatever, there's, there's uh constant social media, like deluge. Um, uh, we get bombarded with thousands of messages a day, not like literal text messages, but just media messaging right out there in the world we get we're more advertised and messaged to than ever before in our lives so he lays a foundation of like basically take this thing social media that's like everywhere and put it um it's kind of like the food pyramid idea too of like you have your most nutritious and most important foods at the bottom and then all the way up at the top you have like salt sugar fat right at least that's the classic idea it's it's my plate now is how the American government adheres to it. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, he basically says make social media like that treat that is up at the top and have like the word and church and spending time in nature, things that are nourishing to your soul and and things that you should actually be spending most of your time in, Um, you know, put that at the bottom, like that should be the baseline. So it, it really is like, it's mostly from like an informational and like how you spend your time perspective, but there's absolutely components of like spending more time in face-to-face relationships, you know, trying to minimize the amount of time that you would be staring at a screen. It's, it's tough because we, we are living in 
a world where there's more and more knowledge work to be done, right? We have to build applications. We have to launch websites. We have to run email lists. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But it's like spending too much time with all these things is it's just going to rot your brain. And and he also talks about how uh, similar to like um, uh, Greg Lukianoff and I'm forgetting his the other man, I'm forgetting forgetting a lot of names today. It doesn't always happen to me, but um, it's uh, it's the coddling of the American mind. That's that's another couple. Oh, Jonathan Haidt. There we go. Um, Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, that's the other author there. There's a lot of parallels between like the more that you're just consuming, consuming like mindless information, it's actually ruining your ability to think critically and to like see see real information and not just have all this noise like polluting your mind and rotting your brain. So yeah, um, it's hard to practice. It's it's one thing to think about it. It's another thing to practice it. I think we're all we all have weak areas there. Um I know I'm trying to to get better in that way, but yeah, those are some books I've been digging into recently. Well, thanks for that. You got one strong tanks mindset. Uh, no matter <laughs> what we go through, it's like you're just having this calm flow of just just getting the mind back in shape. It's really amazing. So so it is interesting what you are uh, uh, what you are reading about how you're managed to get be so stellar in in that way it's, it's really amazing uh i wanted to talk Appreciate about it. um the crowdfunding campaign we have so most people mm-hmm. listening to this episode they will it will already be gone but uh for those who are now tuning into this one before the um you know mid november um we are now building the first beauty and the faith art center we're going to start in Spain, and then probably the next one will be north of Europe. We're going to build around different places in Europe. We're going to build in the US, but we're also be going to build uh, a streaming platform online with different experiences of community, of collaboration, of education, of arts, all of these things. So this is something that's relevant for everyone that is listening to this uh, who has any interest in, in either uh, listening to, watching art, uh, experiencing art, especially in connection with faith, uh, but also, of course, for the artists that are committed to the true good and the beautiful to get edified in a, often a world where the world is pushing them out and then they come into the churches and the church have a reductionistic theology and they are don't really they get wildly under underappreciated in many churches as well uh so yeah. we you know we have a real heart for that and if we see in the in the bible the first person receiving the holy spirit is a craftsperson is, is an artist uh so that just tells us how much god cares about artists and how important they are in the kingdom um but even if you're not a christian i, I wanted to also reach out that we have something to learn from the classical philosophical world and, but I also think that uh, the classical world has something to learn from the spirituality of Christians and how that ha- has been uh, working together side by side in, in Christendom, you know, through the Western history. Uh, and there's something, if we really want to transcend modernism uh, and to go past this, uh, we will be much better together. Now, I wanted to uh, just ask you, Brad, can you tell, tell us a little bit about that crowdfunding campaign? 
how it works, what the benefits are, things like that, and how they can, um, you know, receive some of the the benefits of supporting this. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, this is just the first of many. We're planning to eventually open 27 of these dynamic immersive art centers in yeah parts of Europe and, and the US. So this is really our, our first model and our first uh, venture into this form of you know, business and, and ministry as well. But yeah, we, so the crowdfunding campaign comprises a lot of the things you've already mentioned. There will be, there will be both on-site and digital film opportunities, just being able to watch movies. It'll be a collection of both classical films and modern and independent films uh, from modern filmmakers. And yeah, it's it's basically an opportunity for us to raise the money for the building and the first couple staff who will work there and, and operate CineSync, which is our our kiosk center for being able to, you know, uh, show the movies and everything like that. So essentially, some of the perks are being able to have like a physical or digital movie ticket. You'll also be able to have a, uh, a like you know, tickets for two people, four people, and 10 people for those same types of events. We're also going to offer private parties and then founding member and founding partner perk opportunities. So plenty to choose from. We're really excited to be able to launch this. And it really is something that we want anyone anywhere in the world with an internet connection to be able to access. So if you're in Spain, all the better. That's that's where the heart of the action is going to be. But if you're over here in the states like myself or if you're in any other country you're just as welcome and just just as much hopefully excited about this as we are um especially if you like films that are thought provoking there's a lot to chew on and something that will provide discussion opportunities later as well cuz this won't just be like a digital and physical movie theater it'll be an interactive art center where we can have people learning from painters, from sculptors, from architects, uh, from filmmakers, and from musicians as well. So it's really going to be an opportunity to celebrate the arts together, like you mentioned, and to really make a dynamic community experience where you don't just come to learn a skill or to appreciate a film, but you actually get the opportunity to collaborate with people who are like you and build connections for your own artistic works and your own uh, business ventures as well. Thanks so much for for sharing that. I think you said it uh, really, really well. And uh, also know that even a small contribution matters a lot because when we are talking with investors, they want to see how people are responding to this and how they value this. So even if you're only supporting a little bit, that is one more proof uh, of and one step closer to more uh, of these investors to get engaged. And we will be talking with many of those now uh, starting in the new year. Uh, so this is a really important fundamental work. And the other thing I will say that for every person that yeah, that supports, I really take a note of that name. And we will be uh, giving opportunities both together with the uh, uh, like the summit we have now for musicians, uh, which is on the November 16th to the 18th, uh, mm -hmm. uh, which is on togetherforbeauty.com. Uh, we have initiatives of helping people to uh, um, to free up their time and to build up more beauty facilitators with a, a program called Simple Group Teaching. And 
people who engage in these things, that is people we want to be looking to that can uh, work in the art centers, for example, get their work promoted in the art centers. So um, showing your supports will be kind of like a little wink for us to see, okay, that is something, that is somebody who who are interested and that we would like to to help because uh, we, we would really like to reward those who show commitment. Uh, so with that, we're going to be ending here uh, for today. And as always, this Kevin, this episode can be seen on YouTube. We are also on podcast directories. If you haven't already, uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, but also uh, follow us on Instagram because there we post highlights and, uh, and and other things so you can stay updated with the latest and greatest. So, Brother Jad, Brad, I'm so grateful that you could uh, drop in here today. I've been looking forward to find a way to... Um, you know, to, to, to show the face of, uh, uh, the, the other half of this business, really, you know, I, I've become yeah. quite of the, like a, the face for this, uh, but I think that's about to change. You're going to be start to get much more visibly involved. You're doing magic behind the scenes. Uh, and I'm so grateful could definitely could not do this without uh, you. Uh, and, uh, um, just wanted to, to thank you for coming here today. So, uh, for all our listeners to, Find out more about the crowdfunding campaign where you can see a video of the vision statement and for uh, the direction it's going and to to get more uh, inspired by the whole vision. Um, go to our Instagram page and click the link in the bio. There you'll see uh, a button to come to the crowdfunding campaign. And remember, it's uh, only... Since we released this episode, it will only be uh, going on for a couple of more weeks. Uh, so take action now. And uh, we really hope to see your support uh, for this uh, um, big uh, movement and project that we'll be starting to expand on starting right now. So go to Instagram. That will be beauty and the faith on Instagram. Click the link in the bio to support.